When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It is Minnesota week at Tailbar City Radio. Back here at the single barrel inside the graduate down in the Haymarket. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson today is, well, Elijah's on assignment. He is reciting lines like you saw in Wedding Crashers. Right now he's probably on Play Like a Champion today. He's on assignment at a wedding, but uh, we are excited to be here at the Single Barrel. It is Nebraska, Minnesota Saturday, and uh, plenty of room for you. You can join us here on Hale Varsity. You can dial up at 466-3776-800-825-5865. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Alex is here, and he's got a group of students with him, and they are... They're going to be sorely disappointed in me. I'm going to try and and and, and perform and entertaining Jan and, and companies here as well. So we've got an early crew. But, Will, uh, it is uh, it's another opportunity for Nebraska. Glenn Mason, former Gopher coach and Kansas head man, part of BTN for a lot of years, going to be with us in about 20 minutes. In hour two, he's on assignment. Bill Dolman. Doing B, uh, BTN Volleyball tonight. Bill's going to join us uh, at 5 o'clock. And then uh, Brady Oltman's. And then the uh, forecast with Clausburn uh, will get going. We invite you down here to the Single Barrel. Uh, incredible steaks, burgers. Uh, they, they have a salad if you're into salad. I like salad, too. But, you know, they uh, are all sorts of, uh, well, they are meat connoisseurs, uh, my friends. They are... All about uh, that great Nebraska beef, 250 whiskeys to choose from, uh, a great just setup for uh, your pregame on a Friday and for sure Saturday. We're back here tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. with the weekend edition, and they have breakfast every morning at 7 a.m. Their buffet is fantastic. Will, how you feeling? How are you doing after yesterday? You guys on the morning hookup here locally in Lincoln got things going, and all sorts of smoke with rumor and innuendo and Trev warned us, right? And, you know, football scoop came out right as we were ending the show around 6 o'clock or so and uh, had uh, kind of an update here on the Nebraska coaching search. Football scoop's pretty locked in. And it's interesting to to read the article and kind of lay out some of the names and, and right now, if we're doing a popularity contest, it's, it's still Mickey, right? A lot of Nebraska fans are still on the Mickey wagon, and rightfully so, right? Uh, Mickey's done a good job, has a tough task tomorrow with uh, 
the quarterback situation, uh, a tough task with the Minnesota offense and just where Nebraska's at in the season. you got to keep the morale high, and, and I think Mickey will, will do that. But it can get awful daunting uh, if you're Nebraska here. You are getting down to it. Thank you so much. You're getting down to it uh, when it comes to bowl eligibility. We'll dive into to Mickey and if there's any metrics you attach to it as a Nebraska fan. We'll get into some of the names as well. And uh, can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or uh, the Hale Varsity Twitter handle. You can follow as well at HVarsity Radio. You can stream the show there as well as uh, we're live here at the Single Barrel. Also ESPN Lincoln, Facebook and Twitter. Follow Will on Twitter at Willie on the radio. But so much yesterday to digest and it's still much of the same here. It may be days, weeks, months before an answer is provided for Nebraska. But you can get more of an answer, more of a look-see uh, if you're Nebraska and Trev Alberts by tomorrow uh, and uh, what Mickey can do, what this defense can do, and how Nebraska can adapt and adjust uh, with their shorthanded situation at quarterback. But with the article uh, and football scoop, it was interesting to hear some names. Who's the name you've heard most, Willie? Uh, the name I've heard and seen the most is probably Dave Aranda. Okay. Yeah. Dave Aranda from Baylor. Get a red pen out and mark through it. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like my math papers, right? <laughs> oh, God. Probably more red marks they, on they, that. They ran out of ink. Yeah, right? right. All the red ink was ordered by my high school math teachers. God love you, Mr. Doherty. I still passed. Barely? <laughs> or? Well, barely, but it was yeah. an effort thing. I promise you that. It was an effort thing. Yeah. But uh, listen, uh, Aranda's president, we said this yesterday, president and, and AD got upped long term. So, you know. It's uh, he's he's happy. He's comfortable. Right. And Baylor's got Dr. Pepper and oil money. So there's a match there with with Nebraska. You heard. Per football scoop yesterday, Gary Patterson, former TCU coach, analyst now for Texas. Gary's 62 did really well at TCU until they showed him the door yet last year. Uh, Coach Munkin at Army. Big option guy. Army is no fun to play. Matt Rule is just kicking it in Ireland right now. And, of course, Mickey. Brandon Vogel nailed it yesterday. There are no slam dunks. Like, the slam dunk is Nick Saban. The slam dunk is Dabo Sweeney. The slam dunk is having Ohio State's recruiting area and just never screwing up a hire in their last four hires. They just, they just don't do it. They've nailed it. And Nebraska has not, right, with their, with their previous hires all the time or more so some of their firings, okay? So you look at Nebraska right now. If Mickey can keep this team competitive, it kind of gets into the metrics a little bit. Mickey can keep this team competitive – and continue to, to make impressions. Hey, man, good on him. Good on keeping this team and locker room together. And good on his ability to maybe go put a staff together long-term big picture. 
I have not been swayed to, to go all in on Mickey. I like what I saw when things were healthy in the first half against Illinois. Uh, I like what I saw in escaping Rutgers with a win. I like what I saw with limited possessions against Purdue. But you're going to get down to it, Will. You're going to get down to it tomorrow. What do you do shorthanded with a backup quarterback? What do you do next week? How competitive are you against a playoff team in Michigan? And then you have Wisconsin kind of in the same boat with you. And then there's Iowa, who doesn't scare anybody offensively. But, you know, that, that, that's reality. So I still have some swaying to do. But unless it's – and, I'm a, you know, there's not a huge chant for Bill O'Brien. But unless it's a, a Saban guy who's won in college and in the NFL like Bill O'Brien, then I think you really look hard at Mickey and give him an opportunity. But they got to stay competitive, which gets us into the metrics. I think he's he he absolutely wins that job if he goes six and six. I think six and six is going to be real hard. But what does four and eight, five and seven, dare I say, three and nine look like? Oof. I mean that that's that's a that's a tougher sell. But it, a lot of this could be eye test. Yeah, wins are important. But if you shifted from wins. If you're in the Mickey camp right now, to to the eye test and how's how competitive is Nebraska with this stretch finish, maybe without their starting quarterback, which is a night and day change for Nebraska football's offense. You know what their offensive line isn't. You know that they're loaded with a, a good running back in Grant, but. What can you do to get him involved? Big day. Big day for Whipple tomorrow. I I like Mark Whipple. I think he's gotten guys open. I think his offense works. But he needs to be more dedicated to the run, and you'll have to have that tomorrow. Will he be willing? As much football as he's seen and he's coached, will he be willing to adapt? Will he follow orders if that order's given to – Hold on to the football, take care of the football, burn some clock, please, uh, instead of uh, the, the pretty experiment. He didn't have a long leash. All right, if pretty gets the start tomorrow, he better be night and day different. I'm not expecting him to be Casey Thompson, but don't be handing the football out turnover-wise and making bad decisions or bad plays. It's going to be a tough sled against this defense anyway. So it's not going to look great or pretty, no pun intended. But it it's something that you got to do if you're in scoring distance. You have to be much better. You have to be much more composed. And it's up to Whipple. It, it's up to Whipple to get his quarterback ready. And you better be willing and able to audible over to Smothers. I want to yeah. see a lot of Smothers tomorrow. And if it's a two-quarterback system, fine. But find, uh, find a way to get both of them comfortable, productive, and figure out if you can eke out a 17-14 deal tomorrow or a 10-7, a throwback Big Ten tribute to in early November. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Yeah, I want to see. I don't want the leash to be too long on Purdy. Uh, it can't be. Cause, and, you know, you and I talked earlier, Smothers, he's got a full Big Ten game under his belt. I mean, I like the experience that he has. And you bring up Mickey and, you know, what he has to do he he has to if he has to make that change. You know, he has to tell Whipple if it's not working, he has to be the guy to come up to him and say, "Hey, make the change." 
If not, you know, I don't know if he's the type of guy I'm looking at to be the next head coach. That That's something that Trev's got to be looking at and judging because at halftime last week, everybody thought it was going to be Smothers in at quarterback. And no, it was Whipple that was like, this is my guy, this is who I'm going with, and he didn't practice for half the week. Mm-hmm. Wasn't ready. Totally looked like it. So Mickey's got to put his foot down there, and you're making the call, you're running the show, it's your team. So you better uh, do what's, you better find a way to win. Yeah. Be competitive. And I know it's a big ask. You're underdog 16 points. Back to the football scoop article. Uh, you have Trev potentially in line for an extension. Fine by me. Uh, you need that stability out there, perception. Uh, if you're going to go attract a coach, if you are going to continue this outside look. Gary Patterson, I know he's won. I know he wants to go out so it doesn't look like his final act was getting blown out of a place he built and almost had in the college football playoff. I'm not, I think he's a great defensive mind. I don't want him in Lincoln as a head coach over Mickey. Munkin, an Army, incredible builder of men. You have a special, special person that goes to uh, play on the Hudson. But I don't know that that translates, as much as I love option football, to the Big Ten. Matt Rule, I honestly believe, based on Reese Davis's comments, and could be wrong here, we'll burn this tape if we're way off. <laughs> um, I think Rule's going to kick it on the beach and count his $60 million for a year and then see what's open, see what's out there. And then you have Mickey. Uh, so let's see what Mickey can do. Let's see how this team finishes out. Yeah, let's see what the eye test reveals under some tough circumstances. And, and, you know, Whipple's been good a lot of this year. It was not a good second half. Jeff chimes in here on the stream. You can watch the show here as we're live at the single barrel. You're invited down to the single barrel, 4 to 6 this afternoon. But um, you have uh, what Jeff is saying if we have bad weather to sit in during the game, I hope it slows Minnesota down. Th- they love this. Yeah. It's their thing. <laughs> they are, they are going to hand it to Mo. They're going to tell Mo to mush, and uh, they're going to keep doing it. So it's third down and two, third down and two, third down and two. Uh, Phil chimes in. I don't know, man. They're probably the better ground and pound team. Uh, in this one, yeah, Nebraska's got a monumental task. Now, the, the, the question is, can, can Nebraska replicate what they did defensively this week for last week and be a little bit better and get, get some better offense from your quarterback play? That's, uh, that's a big question. Uh, Brady Oltmans will be with us, uh, staff writer with Hale Varsity. Does a great job covering Nebraska football. Uh, Nebraska fans, there's just not a ton of buzz for this one. You want to see some glimmer of hope, a little bit of show of life, and that's interesting. That was part of the video from Mickey and uh, company uh, earlier uh, this week with uh, the Nebraska Twitter handle. So we'll spend some time. Glenn Mason going to sit down with us here in about uh, five minutes or so get his take on nebraska the coaching openings the 
uh, the, the, the place Nebraska's at from a guy who uh, year in, year out took on Nebraska, Coach Osborne, and then made the, the transition from the Big 8 to the Big 10 and uh, had a really good run in Minnesota, uh, showed that you could win there and did a, just an incredible job. So Glenn Mason this hour, and uh, we'll spend time with Bill Dolman next hour here at the Single Barrel. Don't forget here, the Friday forecast is coming up uh, at 540. We will have predictions. I think Elijah will join us, hopefully for his sake, from an open bar at whatever wedding he's at. Will Wilson, kind enough to sit in. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are here down at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate, just uh, here on the corner of 9th and P. We invite you down. Hale Varsity continues. We are presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency Nebraska Minnesota Weekend. We welcome in uh, standout coach with the Gophers and Kansas football, a uh, longtime part of BTN as well, Glenn Mason back with us. Coach, we always get a chance to, to say hi during Nebraska Minnesota Week. How are you? You know, I'm doing, uh, you know, just great. Uh, I, I guess you could say that pretty much I'm retired. I do a radio show uh, weekly during the football season. But uh, uh, other than that, I just stay busy trying to stay out of trouble. That's all. <laughs> well, you know what? That's uh, that's the plan. Coach, you, you've been up close to Nebraska a lot of years. A lot of years. You had Kansas in the top ten twice uh, when, uh, when, when T.O. was roaming the sidelines. What's your take on the Nebraska football program where it's at right now? Well, when you talk about I got to see them uh, up close, it was a horror story when you were <laughs> on the opposing sideline. And you're right, I go way back because I was an assistant coach at Iowa State and then, you know, moved on to the head coach at, uh, uh, at, at Kansas. And, uh, you know, back in those days, uh, I don't know if there was a better football program uh, in the country than what Tom Osborne was doing uh, there in Lincoln. The old Big Eight conference was a great, 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 uh, you know, football conference. And, uh, you know, when I would be on the radio and I would uh, talk about, or on TV, I would talk about Nebraska now compared to the Nebraska that I knew. I, you know, sometimes I got criticism from the Nebraska faithful because I'd say there is no comparison. I said, you know, when you talk about black shirts, are you kidding me? Uh, they don't resemble anything like black shirts. And I'm not just talking about uh, this year. I'm talking, you know, for a long time now. Uh, and now when I run into Nebraska people in the Twin Cities, they say, Coach, you are right. We, you know, we agree with you. Uh, to be honest with you, Chris, I just can't believe my eyes what I see out of the Nebraska program right now. It's fallen down, and it's been several coaches in and out. Trev Albert's really trying to stabilize. You know Trev well, and he's doing what he can. Nebraska moving on from Coach Frost. And you know what? Mickey's 
brought some energy, but but coach, Mickey's been dealt a little bit of a, a tough hand here, at least this weekend, potentially with a, an injured quarterback. But energy and response-wise, the team seems to to respond to Mickey pretty well. Well, I think any time that you make a, a change uh, midseason like Trev did uh, with Scott, uh, whoever the interim guy is, uh, that normally means you have a chance. It's an audition, you know, and you got to make the most of it. And you, uh, you know, probably if, if the program, you know, looks better, uh, and especially if you win some games that people thought you probably weren't going to win, it enhances your chance to get the job. Uh, if it's the same old, same old, uh, then public opinion and internal opinion probably turns against you. You know, you have this possibility here of, of Mickey getting the nod. Maybe that announcement happens sooner rather than later. Maybe Trev continues the, the, the national search. What is your opinion on the Nebraska job, the appeal of it, uh, for some of the names that are out there? A, a guy like a Stoops, a Fickle, uh, an Aranda, an O'Brien. I mean, there's there's some some guys that are at uh, – that's, uh, you know, Leipold down at Kansas. You know Lance well, and he's been just great down at KU in a short amount of time. Yeah, I, I think there's some outstanding, you know, people out there. If you you talk about some of the younger coaches that are out there right now, they probably don't even remember what it was like when uh, Nebraska was on the, on the top of the hill. Uh, you know, the commitment that you get in, in Lincoln uh, with the – Big Red fans, I think, is second to none to think that they've sold out every football game since 1962. I think that's correct, uh, especially uh, when they've really fallen on hard times uh, for a, a number of years now. I think is amazing. You look at their facilities, they have all the resources in the world. So I would have to think that if it's a coach sitting in a good situation right now that, that might be interested in – uh, Nebraska, he's going to say, well, at one time they were playing for national championships. Uh, now they can't even win games. What has happened? Do I have the ability? Is it correctable? Is, is there some problems that that are there that you know maybe I can't do? Because they've gone through a lot of coaches. Ever since they they fired Frank Solich, mm-hmm. who followed Tom, and I've, probably a lot of people are saying, why did we ever you know fire him? Uh, and then you had Bo Pelini, and, you know, he had his issues, but he was winning nine games a year. People are saying, you know, why do we fire him? And, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, and why do we hire Callahan, and why did we hire Mike Riley? Not saying about them personally, but maybe they weren't, you know, good fits there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's face it, Chris, Nebraska has a problem. Trev Alberts knows that. Everybody knows that. you got to look out, and there's one simple question – who is the best guy to come in and fix this problem? Don't worry about winning the press conference. Mm-hmm. You know, think about who can come in and fix this problem. And uh, can they get back to where Tom Osborne had him? Uh, that's debatable. But they sure should be a heck of a lot better than they are right now. Glenn Mason with us, a longtime coach, Minnesota and Kansas, uh, BTN, Hale Varsity Radio. You're a coach, and, and you've had to make tough decisions job-wise to, to move on. And right now, if you're at a Kansas, at a Baylor, at a K-State, an Oklahoma State, at a Iowa State, I'm just throwing names out there, uh, facilities, 
pay uh, and then playoff probability, right? Where can you finish in your conference to get into the 12? You know, are coaches right now uh, going to stand pat or more likely to stand pat? The, the topic of happiness is what I'm getting at versus taking on the, the, the lifting project of a Nebraska. Well, every every coach uh, is different, uh, you know. Let's face it. But you know what's happened now in um, uh, college football: the amount of money that some of these schools are paying and the buyouts that are there will knock your eyes out. You know that. Uh, every everybody sees that. In my day, that wasn't happening. You know, typically when you were at a school, if you're going to go to another school, it was simply did I have a better chance to win and be competitive because the salaries weren't that much different. Mm -hmm. They are now. I have uh, people, uh, I've still had a lot of uh, friends down at KU, and they're very, very pleased with the job that Lance has done. They said, well, how do we keep them? I say simply give them a bill self contract. You know, you want to keep them. That's that's what you do. Uh, You take them off the market so that, you know, even though he might be happy and everything, that some school doesn't come along and, you know, from a couple more million dollars, and then he's gone. Do you anticipate KU doing that? Can they can they give him Bill, Bill Self money? Well, sure, they can do it if they want. I mean, when you look at it, when you look at, hey, college football is what makes everything go around. These TV contracts and everything that's out there, uh, the money that can be drain, generated from football makes basketball pale in comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, really, and by and large, you know, if the – uh, if you can pay your basketball coach that, you sure can pay your football coach that. Glenn Mason's with us here on Hale Varsity. Coach, get a flip over to Minnesota, the matchup. The Gophers are favored by 16. Nebraska may have some quarterback issues. And uh, Fleck, this is the type of game, if the shoe was on the other foot, Fleck would find a way to win. He's just been incredible. I think back to just a couple of years ago during the COVID year, he's down – 30 kids and and they come in with a 15 running back and do work uh he's he's a different dude but he does a just a marvelous job of developing and and i think he does a pretty good job of scouting coach when it comes to to recruiting and then finding guys that fit yeah i think you know he's a different dude to use your words uh you know there's a million ways there's a million ways to skin a cat you just have to get him skinned and you know, I have always thought, you know, you don't judge coaches by what they say, it's by what they do. And when you look at the job, especially that he did at Western Michigan, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be impressed. And he's done a very credible credible job, uh, you know, here uh, at, at Minnesota. Um, so uh, the thing that I almost chuckle, even though it's not funny, 16-point favorites? I mean, there was a day, I don't even care who Nebraska was playing, they could have been playing the Green Bay Packers, and they wouldn't have been a 16-point underdog. I mean, I think that tells everything uh, right there in a nutshell. Well, and he, that's just it. I mean, Nebraska's been underdogged recently, but it's been to an Ohio State, right? I mean, it's been to to, to that juggernaut, and no disrespect to Minnesota. Uh, it's just th- this team's had a three-game losing streak, but Nebraska's just in – in dire shape right now um, with what, what's flex uh, blueprint mentality, whatever you want to call it. What's what makes them tick uh, in your opinion, as you look at his, his football team. 
Well, I, I, I think that their, their game plan, uh, so to speak, is very simplistic, which is good. You know, I like that. Uh, you know, they typically they've played on uh, most occasions, they've played pretty good defense, which I, I think is a prerequisite, you know, in any program, you know, and then on offense, uh, they're an, uh, a run pass option team. And to be successful in the run pass option, you have to have a running game. And they've done a credible job of running game. Mo Ibrahim, the running back, I think is as good as any running back uh, in the in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I think he and Chase Brown from Illinois are the two best running backs in the league. And then you know Tanner Morgan, uh, a couple of years ago, man, was he effective? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought nobody threw the slant route, which is a, a part of the big part of the run pass option, as good as anybody uh, in the country. Uh, you know, he's a six-year quarterback. He's been around a long time. Um, their backup quarterbacks haven't played, you know, much at all other than at Penn State. Uh, uh, I guess a redshirt freshman got the nod because uh, uh, Tanner Morgan was out. Now, they do not throw the deep ball very well, um, and, and that's got to be a problem. You know, if you can sit on all those underneath routes, I forget what it is. Uh, the number of times that they throw the ball over 20 yards, uh, has not been very successful and has led to a number of uh, interceptions. So, uh, you know, that, that's the other part of it. If you can run the ball, run pass option, they sit under those and then you can hit the deep ball, which he was able to do when they had Tyler Johnson and, uh, and the Rashad kid. Uh, they had really good wide receivers. That's They're lacking in there right now. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few more minutes, Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency and Glenn Mason, talking coaching search in Nebraska and Big Ten. Coach, got to go to the coaching search one last time before we uh, wrap. But if, if Trev moves forward with Mickey, is that a statement about Mickey or is that a statement about the job desirability? No, I think that would have to be a statement ab- uh, about Mickey, um, that if they would move forward right now, uh, because football is too important there. You know, they're not going to just make a uh, just a popular decision. Trev's going to make the right decision. And if he doesn't believe in the powers that be, don't believe in their heart that uh, Mickey is the guy that's going to uh, get this thing straightened out, uh, they're not going to do it right now. Urban Meyer, you're an Ohio State guy. Is he long for the TV world, or does he get that itch again? I don't have any idea, uh, but you know, if you if you like him or dislike him, when you look at his coaching record, um, you know where he's been: Bowling Green, uh, uh, Utah, uh, Florida, Ohio State. Uh, he's won, and he's won in a big, big way. Uh, and, uh, you know, he didn't have a very good run there in the NFL, but that's beside the point. We're talking about, you know, college football. Um, leave the popularity out of it. He, he's a guy that showed that he can get it done, and he has coached at a high-profile program like Nebraska in his days at Florida and Ohio State. Uh, you know, to me – uh, again, if I was the athletic director, I'd say, you know what, that first and foremost, that's the type of guy that I go after and say, 
I'm going to get him to say no before <laughs> I move on to anybody else. You've built, you flipped Minnesota, you flipped Kansas, your lines of scrimmage were important. Coach, what was your plan? Because Nebraska is going to need to build. They, they have some ball, ball players here. They've got some, some talent, but they're not what they need to be on the lines, and that's part of Trev's vision. How did you go about your work in, in building Kansas and Minnesota to, to, to high-ranking football teams? Well, that's a great question, uh, Chris. You know, when I was first went to Kansas, that program was in bad shape. Uh, and uh, I think the first year we only had seven offensive linemen, and that's for five positions. Jeez. And, uh, you know, we played Nebraska. I counted up uh, uh, Mill Tenniper's uh, uh, crew there. They had 63. So <laughs> a little disparity there. But I remember telling my coaches, I said, the, prime, the first thing we had to do is go out and recruit offensive linemen. And I said, if you find a guy, you know, a little different size back then, they weren't as big now then as they are now. I said, if you find a guy that's 6'4", 280 pounds, and he can really play, forget about him. We ain't getting him. He's going to Nebraska. He's going to Oklahoma. He's going to Texas. He's going to Ohio State. He's going to Michigan. On the other hand, if you find a guy that's 6'4", 280, and we can get him, forget him. He can't play. <laughs> I said, you know, go out and find a guy that's two inches too short, Pound, uh, 10 pounds too light, step too slow, but can play the game. Bring me tough guys. And, you know, that's what we did. And, you know, we went and recruited two guys out of California, uh, Hesley Hempstead and, and John Johnson. And those guys were, you know, they were like that 6'1 range, uh, about 290. And I remember I ran into the – after we recruited them, I ran into the offensive line coach at Southern Cal. He said, he got really good players there. He said, you know, if they were about two or three inches taller, we would recruit them. I said, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. Both those guys came in, became all big eight uh, offensive linemen. So um, you got to recruit guys that, you know, that, that don't pass the eye test. There's a lot of guys out there look like Tarzan, play like Jane, you know, <laughs> recruit guys that can play the game. Gilbert Brown. How'd you get Gilbert? I loved watching him. Yeah, well, Gilbert Brown, you know, he came out of Detroit and he, he came down to, and he was, you know, he was a gentle giant, really a soft spoken kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came down to us and Michigan. And, uh, you know, I really thought he'd go, he was going to go to Michigan. I was in the school one day and I just knew he was a gentle giant. And I said, uh, Gilbert, I said, Bo Schembecker's coming in, in to see you today. And he's going to tell you all this nice stuff and all this stuff. I said, just do me one favor. I don't know where you're thinking about going. Just play this game with me. When he comes in and he says, Gilbert, what are you thinking? Say, coach, I'm going to Kansas and see how he reacts. Okay. Mm. And that's what Gilbert did. And Bo Schembecker attacked him, screaming at him. Are you kidding me? You're not a competitor. You're going to. And anyway, Gilbert walked out and told his coach, I don't want to play for a coach like that. I'm going to Kansas. Man. Just like you probably thought. I know you have Ohio State history, but you, you knew the personality, didn't you? Well, how could you know? I would think anybody, you know, uh, in that situation, you got a local kid from Detroit, and and here you're the head coach at Michigan, and not only playing for Big Ten championship, probably national championship, and you know, Kansas is just trying to survive, get it going, and uh, you tell them that. I probably would have reacted the same way as Bo did. I'm not trying to be critical of Bo. Mm-hmm. I just had a sneaking feeling that, that that wouldn't appeal to a guy like Gilbert Brown. 
Well, Gilbert uh, Gilbert went on and did a lot of work in the NFL for the Packers, man. So he uh, was uh, was a great, great player, and I remember watching him in Lincoln. Coach Mason, uh, always awesome to get caught up with you. I love talking ball, and thanks for your insight today. Great. Anytime. Good to spend time with Glenn Mason, former gopher coach and uh, former coach at Kansas Gilbert Brown. Remember Gilbert Brown, I think, if you're a Packer fan or you just are mesmerized at someone taking as many chicken wings down as Gilbert would do in Green Bay. KU, man, and this will blow your hair back, Will Wilson. Uh, KU finished number nine in the country with Glenn Mason in 1995. Wow. Uh, They're big time. He had a couple of years. They were really hot, and then he went to to Minnesota. Uh, Email in from Paul. We're here at the Single Barrel. Come see us here four to six, and uh, you're invited down. Single Barrel, of course, inside the graduate. Great setup here. Alex and his Focus 360 kids here to check things out. They actually have enrolled uh, early. They moved to Lincoln early uh, to uh, to be a part of uh, the university. So they're from all walks, uh, from from Iowa, from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, from Lincoln, from uh, Seattle. So really cool to meet some uh, some of uh, uh, the next uh, faces at uh, the University of Nebraska. Back to Paul, his email. Everyone seems to leave out the name that could rebuild Nebraska. We'd have to have a good offensive coordinator, and uh, this coach isn't working as an official coach, but he's helping Texas, and this is Paul saying, yeah, he's voting for Gary Patterson. Paul uh, listening on the stream uh, out of Frisco, Texas. No, Gary Patterson's proven, absolutely proven, but if it comes down to him and Mickey, why wouldn't you give Mickey the nod or at least the shot over Gary Patterson? One one final hurrah versus Mickey who's worked his butt off and uh, this isn't uh, uh, a, a job you gamble with, clearly. I mean, you got to, uh, whoever the next hire is, has got to be the right hire. But, you know, Mickey's Mickey's got a chance tomorrow. We'll dive in to the quarterback discussion. Nebraska, Minnesota, we're here at the Single Barrel, the Tail Varsity Roadshow Friday. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you, winding down this first hour, it's Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday. We're at the Single Barrel inside the graduate Every home football Friday here at the Single Barrel. Just incredible steaks. Uh, I'm dreaming of that steak board that Elijah and I ate. I posted the picture on Twitter where we had three different types of steak. We had sausage. We had uh, brisket, will. And it, it was it was incredible. It was, it was absolutely incredible. Matt chimes in. Chris, I feel like we finally brought you to the dark side. Welcome to the Mickey football fan club i've never been anti-mickey at all <laughs> <laughs> ever <laughs> ever ever <laughs> all right I, I think mickey's done an amazing job i just you just want you want like assurance if you're a nebraska fan and you just don't have it uh at all with with mickey 
but you don't have it with, with a lot of other options. Three other names that are there. We'll talk with uh, Bill Dolman here in about 10 minutes. Dave Doran of NC State. Done well. He's been hovering around that top 25 as he's built up at NC State. And you've got the old Baxter there as your offensive coordinator. Mr. Garrison uh, is the offensive line coach, Nebraska's old offensive line coach. He's phenomenal. And, and NC State's been really good, but they haven't broken through. At, at what point does the Kansas City native look elsewhere or to get back to the Midwest? Uh, is he somebody you'd consider, despite his experience, over Mickey? And I'm, you know what? If it, if it gets down to, well, there's Doran, and God love him for building NC State up, uh, or Mickey. Let's let's see if Mickey can get it done. You've got a you've got a popular narrative with former players that love Mickey. Trev gets the locker room, sees the kids respond. They got to keep responding. Totally do. The other thing too with with Trev is, or right, he's been able to see Mickey. Uh, Trev's been able to watch everybody else. He's been able to watch Leipold. He's been able to watch Stoops. He's been able to watch Kleinman, who's been great at Kansas. <laughs> they're favored. <laughs> they're favored over Texas. Jeez. Which I mean, they just they just get it done, yeah. uh, you know. And Sonny Dykes has done well at TCU. That was Patterson's team that he had that was a year away, yeah. post COVID. And TCU wasn't great last year, but man, they're damn good this year. Stoops, uh, Mark Stoops. I mean, he's he's a guy that. Is, is just killing it at Kentucky, but you think there's a natural ceiling there. And, I mean, Kentucky's spending money. Kentucky's spending over a million on coordinators. I mean, that's, a, that's an expensive staff, and I'm not knocking going 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four or 7-5, and five, but for what you're spending, I mean, that's what you got to spend in, in Lexington to – finish third in the SEC East and maybe beat Florida once in a while uh, and, and try and survive. I mean, Tennessee obliterated them, and that's going to happen. Uh, we'll get back to some college football thoughts, Nebraska, Minnesota. A few Gopher fans have wandered in. They're a good group of folks, man. They, uh, they like their Nebraska beef. Uh, one uh, woman in the Crimson gopher gear is just crushing a bloody mary that's impressive hail varsity continues we're presented by currency for all your equipment financing needs go currency Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it. It's Hour 2. We're live here at the Single Barrel. Inside the Graduate Friday Road Show, the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The professor, usually on site with us, is on assignment. I'm still harassing him. Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, how's the uh, the roadie? Let folks uh, where the Bill folks know where the Bill Dolman World Tour is. 
Well, like you are uh, doing your own road show, so am I. And I'm sort of going back to my roots or the Big Ten Network, uh, the Big Ten Network's roots, because I'm going volleyball, uh, Minnesota and Michigan, having to go to Kansas City to call a match in Minneapolis. But uh, if you go back to the original days of the Big Ten Network, I think I may have called the very first volleyball match on the network or one of the very first ones anyway. So it's nice to be back on the air with them. BTN's Bill Dolman with us from Kansas City. Are you going to you gonna hit Gates or are you going to do a, a T-bone down at the Majestic? I mean, what's the, what's the nightlife like? Brother, I'd love to, but, uh, you know, the TV folks, you know, move that Nebraska football kickoff tomorrow to 11 a.m. So I'm going to be back in Lincoln uh, to do a little Husker work in the morning. So uh, no chance to sample the delicacies of Kansas City. Well, uh, maybe next time. True or false, you were uh, taking notes at a imaginary meeting yesterday. Well, that's one of the other reasons I'm going down to Kansas City to see if uh, the Nebraska Board of Regents is meeting in secret in uh, Kansas City. Um, by chance, uh, uh, you know, and maybe that's why it's raining today. God just decided, you know what, we got to put some rain and some water on uh, the wildfires that sprung up yesterday regarding uh, the Nebraska football coaching rumors, um, because it was just amazing to me how that little spark in the morning just, you know, engulfed uh, social media all throughout, well, basically till about mid-afternoon, that, that something was imminent, when in reality it was not. So uh, yeah, I, I just think we're at that stage of this this deal. Trev's done a tremendous job of staying tight-lipped about it and pointing it out way back at the beginning of this on September 11th that you know this is how it's going to go down, and you will hear all kinds of rumors and. Uh, you know, he forewarned everybody about it. It is certainly a lot different this time around than the Steve Peterson fiasco of 20 years ago. And I, and I, I understand that people are getting anxious and fidgety. We're probably maybe you know a week or two or maybe three away from uh, the announcement being made. And people just got excited yesterday and went way too far with it. Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity Radio, here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Friday. Bill with BTN tonight, Colin Volleyball. And so when we look at, at the, the timing of everything, we, well, I'm raising my hand. I should have just slapped myself. It, it would have made no sense to do anything yesterday, today, uh, you know, post-Iowa. You can have all your ducks in a row for giving the nod to Mickey or going outside, but it would have just been really screwy timing-wise before kickoff. I mean, it, you can go 15 different ways from backfire to uh, timing to morale to to a lot of things. And I think Trev's got a great pulse on this team. And I think he's also had a great opportunity to watch Mickey up close and that the kids are playing for him. You know, think about this. Is this really Mickey Joseph's job interview or is Trev – and I get that the interview process, okay? But what I'm saying is maybe the last few weeks have given Trev more of an opportunity to observe other coaches, and he knows what he has in Mickey. He, he knew what he had in Mickey when Mickey came on board, whether it was Scott Frost who made the hire or whether Trev is the one who uh, 
gave a lot of urgency or uh, heavy interest in hiring Mickey Joseph. Uh, Trev had a pretty good idea of what Nebraska was getting when Mickey came back uh, to Lincoln last summer. So my question is, has Trev really been not necessarily interviewing, and I got another thought on that, has he been observing other coaches around the country thinking, is this guy going to be the best fit? Is this guy going to be the best fit? Because I already know what I have in Mickey Joseph. It's not as though Mickey has necessarily been interviewing for the position. He's got the interim title. Trev can see this day in and day out. And I said last week, I don't think it comes down to the number of wins and losses that Mickey has to uh, achieve. Every week, Mickey Joseph has been dealt uh, a poker hand with uh, a pair of sixes and a nine high kicker and trash the rest of the way. Hmm. And it's the same hand every single week. It's not as though he's being dealt a new hand to see how he can do with this one or with this one or with this one. Sure, you have different opponents. But it's how are they performing? How well are they being prepared? What's their attitude been like? Trev can see that day in and day out, regardless of what happens on the scoreboard. And the Illinois game up until when Casey Thompson got hurt, certainly Nebraska was competitive. But once Thompson got hurt, it just went completely out the window. But I'm wondering, though, on on my my observation on is Trev – did Trev give Lance Leipold, for example – Matt Campbell, for example, we have no idea who he was looking at, but whomever it was, has he been giving him a long-term view as to whether or not this particular coach would be a good fit for Nebraska? He already knows what he has in Mickey Joseph. He's had plenty of time to observe Mickey day in and day out. But, you know, at the beginning of this, it was all Matt Campbell. It was all Lance Leipold. It was all Matt Rule, Dave Aranda, whomever. And has that been part of Trev's process is observing these guys to know whether or not they would be the best fit or whether they would even get an interview, which brings me to my next point. I do not believe we will ever know who got interviewed for the job unless it Mickey doesn't get the gig and somebody else comes in. Because if you go back to when Trev got hired in the summer of 2021, Ronnie Green and Ted Carter both said Trev was the only one we interviewed because Nebraska is a public institution. You would have to reveal who you talk to, and they don't want to have a couple of perceptions percolate to the top. One of those being Nebraska may have gotten turned down by somebody, or you reveal who interviewed for the Nebraska job, and that puts them in a precarious situation with their institution, be it an athletic director or a coach. So whomever gets hired, my guess is they're going to say, we only interviewed one person for the job, and that's the guy who got it. Or it's this guy, and we also, of course, talked to Mickey, but we elected to go with this choice instead. Mm. That's how it's all going to play out. But if anybody thinks that they're going to get five or six names that Nebraska interviewed, I, I do not believe that is ever going to happen. Uh, and you're always and you're going to have a kind of a mystery as to who the other people were. Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity Radio Road Show here at the Single Barrel. Bill on assignment for BTN tonight. So some of the names football scoop put out there, uh, of course, uh, Gary Patterson at TCU. Uh, you've got Matt Rule, uh, and uh, and and of course Mickey, and then uh, of course Army's head football coach uh, Monken. What do those names do for you? Well, I I worked with Gary Patterson uh, uh, from afar when he was at TCU and they were part of the Mountain West Conference. And I like Gary. I think he's uh, he's a passionate guy, 
but he's also in his uh, what mid sixties at this point. Sixty two, yeah. I, and I think he would love to have one more chance to prove that he should have not should not have been let go by by TCU and, and have a chance to run a program again. I, I think he's really really good. But I think maybe he would be best served at this stage of his career to maintain a position as a defensive coordinator to get back on the field because I think he's really good at that. But I'm interested, though, when I see that, other than Rule's name, who's been kind of on the periphery, all of a sudden different names have come up from what we saw back in September. I mean, it was all Leipold. It was all um, Matt Campbell back in September. That was it. And and maybe Bill O'Brien, who I still think maybe in, in the mix. I don't know. But now Monken, I know he was whispered about back in September, but now he's here and rules come back in. And where, where is this all coming from? You know, football scoops, pretty reliable in, in, at this time of year when there are all these coaching changes. But what happened to all the ones that were major front runners a few weeks ago? Did they get wind that maybe Nebraska really wasn't all that interested in them? Or did their agents call the various media outlets and websites and say, uh, yeah, we put our name out there, but that was just to get some more money from someplace, as is always famous with Mike Gundy, whose name a month ago was brought up. Lane Kiffin was the hot name a week or two ago, and now that's faded away. So I think Trev you know, warned everybody back in September that this was going to happen. Names are going to come and go, but we will probably never know who they actually spoke with. But Monken all of a sudden is a major candidate and Gary Patterson, maybe so, but I just don't think anybody really knows. They're just trying to be spec- speculative. And then if that name comes up, they're going to say, yep, I was absolutely right. I knew it. <laughs> and in the end, I think, I think Mickey has accorded himself extremely well. And I do not believe wins and losses are the final thing for Mickey. I think it just comes down to leadership, performance, uh, players' responsiveness, you know, how hard the staffs rallied around him. I'm not sure that, you know, Mark Whipple and Mickey are necessarily on the same page, and I think that was kind of evident mm-hmm. with the quarterback situation after Thompson got hurt. You know, when he said we wanted to put Logan in there and run some option, and then Purdy comes in. Well, we all know that Purdy is one of Whipple's guys because that's who brought him to Nebraska when Whipple got hired, and Logan Smothers is not, and I don't know that Mark Whipple has ever run the option in his entire career. So he may not have been comfortable with calling those plays, and maybe Mickey should have overruled him and said, this is the guy and this is how we're going to do it. But anyway, I digress. I don't have an opinion on it. Well, that leads me to uh, tomorrow's question. How short a leash do you have on Purdy? The good news is, is he's practiced all week. Uh, the bad news is he doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of experience. You need to hold the football. Can, can Whipple – change up and and do what he's got to do to win and versus what he's comfortable with in his offense well this goes this kind of goes back to what i was talking about with with trev observing mickey okay mickey said last week we want to run we wanted to run some option with logan and then we felt like we had to pass the ball that sounded to me like he was protecting whipple because whipple wanted purdy in there and he had to throw and he wasn't comfortable calling option plays Maybe we see a little bit more balance this week. Maybe Smothers is now that tips the hand that if Smothers is in there, they're probably going to run the football, which may be what Nebraska has to do, you know, and, and maybe that offensive line, I, I you know, it's, it's such a crapshoot with that offensive line, but I don't think you can rely on, on Purdy winning the game for you. Um, it, it can't be like a Matt Terman against Kansas state. One of the most famous games in Nebraska football history, because you don't have that 
same offensive line in front of him, and you're not turning the Brown and giving the ball to Lawrence Phillips. Mm. But I don't think Nebraska can rely on Purdy as the answer to beating Minnesota tomorrow. It is going to take a whole lot more, and it might take both quarterbacks, and they might tip their hand as to who's in there. But if Purdy's not getting it done, uh, the, the leash has to be pretty short in terms of getting him out, getting him out, giving him some time to take a look and getting some others in there to give an opportunity if Thompson is unable to go at all. Do you uh, have a – give me a percentage here on Casey. Is it zero? Is it 10? Is it greater than that? Well, I don't know. I I, I I hope that it's better than 50-50, and I would imagine that the Nebraska medical staff has been, you know, at it 24-7 for the last uh, six, seven days, you know, getting him ready to go. It did not sound like there was structural damage, which is good, not requiring surgery, but nerve damage can be, you know, somewhat concerning as well. But I, I would imagine that they have given him every opportunity to get better, to rehab him, to get him to where maybe he could play. And, you know, is Casey Thompson at 50% better than the other two? You'd hate to believe that. But if Thompson's in there and they can at least use his arm, you know, 12 times in the game to find Trey Palmer, uh, maybe that's maybe that's worth it. You know, it, just by his presence, maybe uh, Thompson gives them uh, a bit of an advantage, at least offensively. Bill Dolman with us. Uh, we are at the single barrel. Bill on the road. He is doing BTN Volleyball tonight so be sure to catch that on btn bill got about a minute or so here we need the uh, the dolman breakdown here a prediction and uh what do you think of the minus 16 well you know nebraska is playing two opponents back to back in illinois and minnesota that have handed nebraska two of its most embarrassing losses perhaps uh, uh, of all time. The wayward Illinois punter two years ago in Memorial Stadium, the punt safety last year at Illinois. And then two years ago, Minnesota comes in with, what, 30 players? Mm-hmm. Fewer than we had at Fairbury High in 1983-84 uh, and should never have won the game, and they left Lincoln with the win. And then last year, Nebraska with the ball first and goal at the half-inch line and can't punch it in from there, absolutely embarrassing. So uh, I, uh, they did not get the measure of ribbons last week against uh, Illinois. Well, why not on Saturday? <laughs> why not turn it around? Why not put a hole in that boat so that it rose, uh, rose straight down into a coral reef uh, at, at uh, Oak Lake? I, you know, clearly Nebraska minus 16. It's got to be a big motivator. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to actually be close 70. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm going back to reliving the game in 1983 with a scoring explosion, 84 to 13. There you have it. Bill Dolman, not only the win, but the uh, outright win and uh, don't need any points. 84, 13. Dolman says, Go Big Red all the way. Billy D, have a great call tonight. Thanks for a few minutes. All right. Go Big Red. Good stuff with uh, Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, Chris Schmidt, and Will Wilson. Brady Oltman's with Hale Varsity on deck. We're here at the Single Barrel, presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes.
Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you. We're here at the Single Barrel Hale Varsity Radio Road Show Friday. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson rocking today, and Brady Altman's in with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, we have a gopher sighting. This is bus number two and bus number one. We have not had a flex sighting as of yet, but I've got an extra headset. Brady, if he wants to join this segment, would you be down with that? Yeah, let him hop in. I've probably got a couple questions for him. <laughs> he, he's always pretty good with this uh, Big Ten Media Days. He's The last three years he sat down with us, and the guy can pull off the, the no-loafer sock look, him and Barry Alvarez. Uh, he gets a lot of flack from Nebraska fans. Uh, cue up the uh, Caddyshack reference about gophers, but the reality is is he's 4-1 against Nebraska and you know what's pretty interesting is he's, he's tweaked his offense. You know, he had some dudes at Western Michigan, and he threw the football all around. And he's another Mac coach to go to a power conference and, and rock and roll. And he doesn't care about being sexy. I mean, he clearly doesn't care much about the forward pass, or at least beyond 20 yards. He'll find Span for the tight end, and they'll keep feeding Mo Brady, this is a underappreciated team that I wonder – where their season's at. They're going to be a 6-7 win football team, maybe 8. But I wonder where their season would be at if they would not have lost Mo against Purdue and had uh, some some turnover issues uh, like they did. Uh, they kind of derailed them. That was, that was a weird loss for them, but it makes a bit of sense. Yeah, I mean, it, I remember thinking what game 3 or game 4 for them. They just didn't look impressive. They didn't look like that, you know, like that Minnesota team that you'd think they'd get wins. And granted, they, you know, they started the year undefeated, but it wasn't the best competition. It wasn't the most, you know, jaw-dropping, affirmative um, results. And when they got ranked, I thought that, I don't know, they just didn't impress me. And then obviously when you play Penn State and you have some trip-ups or you just have some tough outings against Purdue and Illinois, I thought they played decent. Um, I don't know. It, they, they've had a tough run of form, and obviously it's easy to get back in the win column against Rutgers. Um, but, yeah, they're just a really odd team. Um, I know that they've stressed in practice this week. They want to do the forward vertical pass a little bit more this week uh, than in previous weeks. So uh, this is a really interesting secondary to do that on. Of course, Georgia Southern did it just fine. So we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Brady Oltman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. At Brady Oltman's on Twitter's where you follow him. Read him with Hale Varsity. So where are you at with this quarterback experience tomorrow for Nebraska? Um, are you team Are you team Smothers? Are you team Pretty? Are you team, hey, there's a small chance and even a 50% Casey Thompson gives Nebraska the best chance to win. How do you think this plays out? Can Nebraska be even a little bit better at quarterback tomorrow at 11? Um, it's interesting. Um, I think I, I, the reporter in me says um, Casey has been really pushing coaches to say he's ready, he can go. Um, and in all likelihood, they'll lean to Chubba Purdy, the go-to backup, 
um, if Casey's not able to go because he is the most similar to Casey in his abilities and fits Mark Whipple's system better. Now, my viewpoint of stepping out of like a reporting role and into just the viewer and from what I've seen and think, um, all three will probably dress. I'm guessing Chubba will start and then they'll see how things kind of go, maybe give Casey some reps. But I'm, and I'm really just in, I don't, Chubba can play and get some extended snaps, but I'd like to see more packages with Logan involved. Um, I think having a mobile quarterback and a little bit more of that grounded run game gives something that defenses aren't really used to seeing against Nebraska and Nebraska's offensive line is playing better now than they had been in previous uh, weeks and the weather is going to be really weird it's going to be really difficult to sling the ball around tomorrow morning so um, I I think we're, we might see all three but Chuba gives them the most similarity, but I'd like to see more Logan just as a as a just a some variety for the offense. We're talking to Brady Altman's, you know, Brady kind of adding to that. When you think of Whipple, you think of the pass game, right? And that's really what he makes his money off of. So, do you have confidence in him going to the run game? I mean, we haven't seen much of. I mean, we've seen obviously our running back do his thing, but do you have confidence in him kind of going to that more than the pass game? I. I trust that he'll find a way to he'll find a way to get um, Anthony Grant more involved. Now, um, AG has gotten you know six receptions at a time. Like I think against Rutgers, he had about that many just because they wanted to get him more involved or keep him involved while throwing the ball around. They want to get the ground game going, and I know he's a little hesitant to do that. But I wonder if the the elements tomorrow morning might force his hand, and I wonder if Mickey Joseph might be a little bit more vocal and saying, hey, we've got to, if you're not going to at least run the ball between the tackles, find a way to not sling, have as much space between point A and point B because there's a lot of variations and variables that can happen in, you know, an early morning in early November in Lincoln like we're looking at tomorrow. Brady, what did yesterday mean to you uh, with the meeting, no meeting, Announcement, no announcement. Uh, the 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 um, earthquake that was the noise yesterday that turned out to be nothing, just a just a tremor. And uh, Trev's search has been quiet and pretty professional until yesterday, and it wasn't his doing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of the things Trev said would happen, and from talking with people in the industry over the last month, month and a half now kind of how you thought it would go. They weren't going to make a lot of noise with this just because of the nature of the job, the nature of the search firm, and how Trev likes to conduct himself um, in, in hiring processes like this. But it's also the Nebraska head coaching job that is one that gains a lot of steam behind it. And it's, it's one where if something happens, somebody wants to tell somebody about it. And then it's what's that um i can't even remember who the source is so i apologize uh, to the famous person who said it but the problem isn't who i tell it's who they're gonna tell Mm. you know i can i can keep a secret i can't say the same for the people i tell um i and i think it just is it's it's like one of those games of telephone where maybe it's a meeting maybe it's something and then it just gets blown up into you know there's a new coach or you know the, the white smoke comes out of, of Memorial Stadium. So 
I, I, it was more to me. It was just more annoying than anything else. Um, we ran, we ran down leads and tried to talk to people and get some concrete information we could, you know, confirm. Uh, obviously, nothing that we could confirm or actually report as factual. But a lot of people kind of took the ball and ran with it. And there's people, there's recruits, there's an apparatus involved um, with spreading misinformation and things. And it was just kind of really annoying and frustrating to see that. Uh, take wave on Twitter and social media, but other than that, it's you know, it's just a normal a normal Thursday in Lincoln. With Mickey Joseph, are you put yourself in Trev's comfy leather chair and mahogany desk behind it? And uh, are, how are you judging? Is it is it beyond wins? Is it is it eye test? Because I mean, that's where I've shifted a bit because. Quite frankly, if, if they're competitive uh, with uh, number two and number three at quarterback and they go be competitive in Ann Arbor next week, big ask. Don't think it'll happen, but could. There's a lot of season left. But to me, how do they play? How do they look? What's the fight like? Uh, th- that's going to weigh some for me moving forward, uh, if I'm in his chair anyway. Yeah, I mean, really, just by nature of the situation, you can't really go off wins and losses. Um, you, if now, if he turned it around and had won, found a way to won, win seven games or, or eight games, you, you know, you hand him the keys to the kiss, to the castle. Um, but it, it's also just weird because I think if you, if Mickey has the job, I was just talking with a couple of people about this earlier. If Mickey has the job at the start of the year, you think they beat Northwestern. You got to imagine they'd beat Georgia Southern, and granted, you know those are the two games that did in Scott Frost, but those are two wins. And then all of a sudden, what games are you waiting on to get bowl eligible now? You know, um, you'd like the Illinois game, and I stand by if Casey Thompson doesn't get hit and knocked out of that game, Nebraska's really close to pulling on an upset last week. I think that hit really took a lot out of him, and if he's able to go. Casey gives them a good chance to win again, and then that leaves basically you've got to win everyone but Michigan to get bowl eligible. But if they can't pull it out, then that means you got to win out to get bowl eligible. Tough to win in Ann Arbor. So I think the goalposts shift and change, but realistically, we see more out of this team under Mickey Joseph than we did under Scott Frost. I think that's pretty undeniable to uh, an honest eye. And it's he's made himself valuable to the football program. And one way or another, you've got to... You've got to figure out a way to keep him. I just, I don't know who else Trev would talk to that says, I would want X or so-and-so above him as head coach. I just, I mean, there's there's some, some more qualified candidates when you look at, all right, coaching history and wins and all that good stuff. I just don't know desirability, where they at in their career, and is Nebraska better than where they're at? I did, doing that math is is has been exhausting and it's been you know some gymnastics going on but there's really no slam dunk uh and do you do you side with one of your own versus uh a gamble another gamble outside of the program brady about 60 seconds um you know what's one advantage nebraska has tomorrow real quick uh the explosive plays I mean, you've got an offense and somewhat of a variable at the quarterback situation that's going to keep Minnesota guessing. They don't know what's going to happen. 
you've got a couple of explosive receivers, you've got a running back that's eager to go, and you've got an offense that, yeah, they've got tape on, but there's just so much up in the air, and it's a home game, you know? Let them sling the ball around, let them take advantage, and I, I think it's, it would be difficult to draw up a game plan to cover all of that offense. Brady Oltman's with us. Uh, read him with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Follow him at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. And if you love you some soccer, Brady's got soccer covered as well. We'll see you on the uh, sixth floor tomorrow. Brady, thanks for jumping on today. Appreciate it. We'll see you. Bring the coffee tomorrow. <laughs> bring me a coffee, says Brady. Do it now. I will bring him a coffee. There'll be booze in it but I will bring him a coffee. <laughs> Brady's like, yeah, there better be. Uh, will Wilson back at the station with us. Forecast on the way. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, Tail Varsity, here at the single barrel inside the graduate here ahead of Minnesota and Nebraska. Elijah Herbal is wedding crashing tonight. Open bar tonight or not? Do we have Elijah? Uh, no, no open bar. All right, we are not going to continue on like this. We are losing connection. Uh, reminder good, to get Buck. He does look good. Uh, reminder to get buckled up. That means you too, Elijah. Hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver has one job. That's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll try this again with Elijah. Do you have us? I have you. Do you have me? We, we have you now. Um, I don't know how. Hey, well, good news. Where, where are you at? <laughs> I am in my car outside the wedding. We're awaiting dinner starting. They're still No, I get it. But, but what, what part of the great state of Nebraska are you in? We are somewhere uh, to the west of Fremont. Aha. Uh-huh. You're the west of Fremont. Do we have Clausburn with us? Claus, are you with us? Claus should be there. Yes, I'm here. I'm okay. here. And I well, can assure you that nothing good happens west of Fremont. <laughs> All right, let's get to the forecast and pray. Ames or North Bend, and ooh. <laughs> let's fire up the forecast here. Claus is with us. Elijah's got that's not a clip on; it's a real tie. And Elijah's uh, pimping Budweiser. I should say uh, Will's pimping Budweiser back at the studio. I love it. We'll start off with Bama and LSU. Roll Tide minus. 13 and a half, all go forward. You know, this is a game that is suddenly going to stress out Saban. It's uh, it's a night game. It's Death Valley. Bad things happen there. Bama's a little too good uh, at quarterback right now, and I think their defense is improving, but this thing's going to make you sweat a little bit. 35-28, Bama wins, LSU covers. Elijah, what do you say? I'm with you. I can't bet against Bryce Young. That, that Alabama offense, I think, will get it done. Their defense isn't what they used to be, but I think they'll do enough against LSU. Give me Alabama 38 and LSU 27. They win, but LSU does cover that 13.5-point spread. 
Will, what do you say? I got Alabama big. I got 42-17 in Alabama. Claus, you, you, you rolling tide or you all over the Tigers? Well, I'm, I'm one of the few people who's had great success against both of these coaches, of course. <laughs> uh, when Nick Saban was at Michigan State, <clears throat> defeated them handily two times. And in several decades now, I've never had an angry leprechaun steal me lucky charms. So mm-hmm. either one of these guys has put one over on me. With that said, <clears throat> I think Brian Kelly might be able to put one over on Saban. It'll be close. It could happen. I don't think it will. Alabama wins 31 and LSU 24. So a cover by LSU to the Little Apple we go in Texas minus two and a half. Give me K-State. Give me points. I know that it's some recency going 48 nothing on the mullet with a backup quarterback. So wow factor. But quite honestly, K-State's just had Texas's number during the Schneider era, uh, during, you know, post-Ron Prince. It was okay, too. Uh, and I think uh, Climate and K-State are rolling. They'll find a way. Uh, 31-28. Uh, K-State wins in Manhattan. Elijah. I think today, or sorry, it's just say tomorrow, is going to be the come down for Kansas State. They got a big emotional win last week. Uh, we'll see if they still have the juice, if that leaves them, uh, you know, energized with themselves or not. I- I'm going to go the other way. I think Texas comes in and uh, I guess we'll call it an upset. They go into Manhattan and they get a win in a close game, 28-24. to 24, Texas takes down Kansas State. Yeah. Well, what do you say? I think, I think it's a close game. Uh, I think K-State wins on a field goal to end the game, 24-21 K-State. Claus, Texas or K-State? Well, I agree with you, Christopher. <clears throat> Bill Snyder Family Stadium has been a house of horrors for Texas. And that's horrors, Elijah. <laughs> Don't want you leaving Dodge County for Manhattan. <laughs> but I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I wanted to point this out. I think this is pretty cool. When Bill Snyder went to Kansas State, he patterned their uniforms after the Dallas Cowboys because they were the best team in, in, at the time, wanted to give him a confidence boost, which makes sense. He's a Hayden Fry disciple who did the same thing at Iowa. But I like Texas's approach even more. They wear, they wear orange for, for money-saving reasons. You can wear it to the game. Of course, you can wear it for hunting, and they can wear it when they're serving out their community service. So I like the practical approach as opposed to the psychological one. And I'll take Texas barely in this one, 24, and Kansas State, 21. Uh, Staying with the orange theme, Oklahoma State is limping into Lawrence, and KU is favored minus one and a half. It's been a bye week for Coach Leopold. And uh, you know what? I, this one's tough. I, I think Kansas is going to end the year 7-5. and five. I just think they're in trouble, though. Uh, I think Oklahoma State bounces back in a big way, uh, and uh, they win. And they are not quite as convincing as they'd like to be. But give me Oklahoma State 35. Give me KU 28. Elijah? Yeah, I think last week was a one-week thing for Oklahoma State. They were hung over after... Let's be honest, they blew that game against TCU. They had a hangover last week. They got blown out. I think they come back with a hunger this week. I think they take down Kansas. It's going to be a close game. I think we get some points. 38-35, to 35, Oklahoma State beats Kansas. Will. Yeah, give me 21-14, Kansas. 
and Claus, Rock Chalk, or how about them Cowboys? Well, a few weeks ago, I had an opportunity to take in a game in Stillwater. None of this is a joke. This happened. There were fans that showed up to the game on horseback and rode up to the Republican Party tailgate where they were handing out free hot dogs. Now, I don't want to get political, but a hot dog for nothing sounds a lot like socialism to me. <laughs> and as a former gubernatorial candidate, I can't stand behind it. Give me Kansas 31 and Oklahoma State 28. Oh, wow. What's our time like, Will, here? We got Georgia, Tennessee to get into. Yeah, we got about. How tight are we? Yeah, we got about 50 seconds. Okay. We will carry it over. Uh, we'll have our uh, one versus two pick uh, coming up shortly. And, of course, Nebraska, Minnesota. That line is brutal. Uh, do you have tickets you want to buy or sell? Uh, real easy to do so with Red Zone Tickets, redzonetickets.com. Log on today, selling fun since 2001. A A-plus better, better Business Bureau rating. Your local source out of Omaha, 100% guarantee on all your orders. You'll receive authentic tickets and uh, create those memories that last a lifetime. Red Zone Tickets. Dot com is where you log on. Redzonetickets.com for your Husker football tickets, Husker volleyball, Creighton hoops, concerts. Dave Matthews next weekend, Saturday. I'm there. Do you want to be there? Redzonetickets.com can help make that happen. Also, all your CWS needs with Red Zone Tickets. Forecast continues. Hail Varsity from the Single Barrel, presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Single Barrel, where we're located. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Elijah is in a scenic backdrop, a fall evening, a Friday wedding. He has got his camel hair uh, John Gotti coat on. Chris Schmidt and Will Wilson Clausburn with his Tennessee as we crank up the tunage is at Georgia for the forecast. And we'll say minus eight. I think there's too much offense for Tennessee. I think they shock and win 45-42, a shootout and a win for Tennessee, Elijah. Yeah, your stat of the day is the fact that Georgia is actually terrible when allowing more than 35 points. I believe under Kirby Smart, there's something crazy like two and ten. When allowing more than 35 points. I do think Tennessee can top 35 points on them. I think this one's going to buck the trend. It's going to be a close game. I think Georgia pulls it out late. Uh, let's go 38 to 35. Georgia gets the win in that one. I think this Tennessee football team is very good, but I think Georgia is a, a team that's on a mission. little music, Will, if we can, partner. Oh, and yeah. uh, Will, we'll get your call on this. What say you? Yeah, I like, I like Tennessee in this one, 34-28. Uh, uh, if it was at Tennessee, I'd say they take that goalpost out of the river, but we'll, they'll leave it in there for now. I'll take uh, Tennessee to win. Claus, what say you? Tennessee, Georgia. Well, first of all, I want to ask, Will, are you doing okay back there? Sounds like you're having more issues than an Urban Meyer coaching staff. Are you doing fine? <laughs> Everything good? Wow. Uh, I'm fine, yes. Thank anyway, you, Claus. Good, good. Well, I had read earlier today that some former Tennessee players were saying that playing between the hedges wasn't that big a deal. Their fans weren't too crazy. 
Keep in mind, this is the state that gave us the span of bananas in a Herschel Walker Senate campaign, so I wouldn't count them out. But I will. I do believe Tennessee wins this one, 42, and Georgia 38. Nebraska, Minnesota, minus 16. That is a slap in the face, and it may hurt tomorrow. Quarterback will be an issue. And uh, Nebraska, not enough. Give me Minnesota 27 to 10, Elijah. Yeah, I just don't think there's going to be enough offense for the Huskers tomorrow to, to keep up. I do think this is a winnable football game. If Casey Thompson is behind center, it uh, doesn't sound like Casey Thompson is going to be behind center. So I'm going to go Minnesota 31, Nebraska 10. It went in cover for the Golden Gophers. Uh, Will, what say you? I have a ton of family in town from Minnesota. If you get in a fight with one of them over the weekend, it's not my fault. Uh, I got 34, no, excuse me, 28-13 Minnesota wins. Claus, what happens here, Minnesota or Nebraska? Well, it is a bit concerning that Casey Thompson is day-to-day. But then again, as the great Vince Scully once said, aren't we all? So, I think Nebraska has an opportunity to win here. I just don't like Minnesota. This is a state of people that are still complaining about a hockey team that left almost 30 years ago and think (laughs) black pepper is too spicy. So when you've got a coach who also looks like he's softer than tent fly toilet paper, I think that spells good news for Nebraska. And the Cornhuskers win 27 and Minnesota 26. One-point win, says Claus, for Nebraska, 27-26. Claus, behave yourself. We'll gear up for Michigan next week. Thank you. Okay. There he goes. Claus off to the imaginary land, red and imaginary, Clausburn. Elijah, if it's an open bar, behave. If it's not, find an ATM, but we'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., all right? Yeah, no open bar. I need to go find where I put my flask. I appear to have lost it, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. Will, thank you very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 here from the Single Barrel. Take care.